Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, here we go. Y'all ready for the word today? Going to be teaching you some hard truth. Going to be teaching you something that I still wrestle and I still struggle with, but I believe that God is going to help us today. God is going to help us today as we talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about forgiveness. In verse 1 of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, it says that Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. That word offense means it's impossible that somebody's not going to do something to you that doesn't cause you to be disappointed, upset, frustrated, wounded, and hurt. We live in a fallen and broken world, and as a result, Jesus is saying, it's impossible for you to go throughout life and not experience either neglect, abuse, abandonment, betrayal, sometimes and perhaps violence. And Jesus is saying it's impossible that offenses should not come, but woe, woe to him through whom they do come. He's saying not only are sometimes you offended, but sometimes you bring pain and offense and hurt and wounds to others. He said it would be better for him, that person that causes offense, if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then he should offend one of these little ones. And this is what I love what he says in verse 3. Take heed to yourself. In other words, I've told you that either in life you're going to be offended, you're going to be hurt, people are going to cause pain and inflict pain upon you, or you're going to be the one causing the hurt, the pain, and the wounds. He said, so beware, take heed to yourselves. And if your brother, listen to this, sins against you, rebuke him. Doesn't say cuss him out. It says rebuke him. And if he repents, what? Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, Punch him in the nose. No, it says, you shall forgive him. And this is what I love. Jesus is talking to them about offense, and he's talking to them about forgiveness. And they hear this, hey, if somebody sins against you, what should you do? Should you forget? What, how should you handle this? And Jesus says, you should forgive them. And then he tells them, not only should you forgive them, but you should forgive them seven times in a day. And I believe the disciples that looked at each other in that moment, and they were like, ooh, I can't do it. it it's, it's just too much for me. And then Jesus says this, the, that the, the word of God says this, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when somebody said or did or offended you or hurt you, or neglected you, abused you, abandoned you, did something so wrong to you 
then unless you found the faith to forgive, there would be no way in your own strength and your own ability that you would be able, able to forgive. And some of y'all know exactly what I mean today because some of y'all are here in this place and if somebody, you know, sins against you and you're ready to forgive maybe one time, but maybe seven times, you're like, I, I, I get it one time and I got grace to be able to do that, but two and three and four times, up to seven times, no. I can't, I, can't, I can't do all that. God, increase my faith. And you better hope. And you better thank God that I'm born again and I'm saved. And you better hope I don't backslide today because I just, I, I can't do it. Unless the Lord helps me to forgive, I cannot give. And so today, forgive. I, I, today I want to talk to you from a difficult subject, something that we all relate to, something that we all have been through, maybe something that you're going through today, maybe something that you've held on to for a while, but I want to talk to you today about a faith that forgives, a faith that forgives. If you bow your heads, close your eyes with me as we pray and go deeper into this word today. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there have been times in my life, Lord, where the hurt the wound, the offense has been so deep, it's cut, it's, it's caused great trouble and hurt and pain. But I thank you, Jesus, that you are able to give us grace and strength and help that we need, not only just to be forgiven, but also, Lord, to forgive others. Lord, today as we talk about what forgiveness is and why we forgive and how it is that we can live in this supernatural forgiveness, Lord, I ask God that you would anoint me, Lord, to speak and declare your word boldly. Lord, that you would anoint us to hear what the Spirit is saying today to the church, Lord. That we would leave this place, Lord, fully free from the offense and from the bondage of unforgiveness. Father, we thank you because only you can do it today, and we trust in you, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, Angela and I, for a long time, until we recently sold our home that we had in Hampton Roads, we had a home in Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, we were landlords for a long time. Anybody here own any property, or maybe you have owned property, you know what that's like, um, and uh, it's, it's tough to be a landlord. It really is. Um, because this is your home. Like, you grew up here. And often, like, for us, it was our first home, and we grew up in that house. You know, that was our first house, and it was just our, our, our marriage grew there, and, you know, and, and we did incredible, we had incredible experiences there. And then when we moved here, we had to rent out that home. We couldn't sell it at the time. We would take a big loss, so we decided to rent it out. And, um, you know, when you're looking at prospective people to come and move into the home to be renters or to be tenants, um, you know, you go through the process, you want to get the right people. Ultimately, uh, once you go through that process and you sign the paperwork, the contract, you give them a key to the house, do you not? And um, this is the thing that's, that's tough to do. It's because you don't know how they're going to treat the house. You don't know how it's all you know, going to play out for you. You're hoping that they pay the rent and do all those things. But you, you give them autonomy, but you don't give them ultimate authority. 
it, right? It's still my house, right? But you have some autonomy to live in the house and you can do certain things. And, and um, so we had some good tenants and we've had some bad tenants. And um, being landlords, it, you just know this, that uh, not only do you have a right, it, it's your house, you're the landlord, but you also have a responsibility, right, to take care of, to protect uh, your investment and to ensure that the house is taken care of. And sometimes that was the case and sometimes it, it was not. And, uh, and, and here's, here's what happens. You, you have to trust that that person is taking care of your investment. You give them that key. But at some point, if someone is not living up to their end of the expectation, you have to evict them. It's a, it's a difficult thing to do, but you have to evict them. And when you evict them, they don't get to keep the key, right? You don't, you don't evict somebody and they have to move out of the house because they've broken the lease and then they get to keep the key. No, you take the key. The key, I want to tell you today, as I was thinking about illustration, to talk to you about forgive, uh, forgiveness. Unforgiveness is like that key. You see, when you are able to, when, when you have to go about making a decision like that where somebody wounds you, somebody hurts you, uh, somebody has access to, to something that is yours, like your heart and your soul and your emotions, and sometimes you have to get that person out of your life, but you don't allow them to continue to have the key. And unforgiveness is like the key to your heart, to your emotions, to your thoughts. And when we allow unforgiveness to cause damage to our hearts, our mind, and our well-being, we have to understand the damage that it causes to our life. If we allow unforgiveness to stay, it affects our life, it affects our love, it affects our ability to, to love and to, to, uh, for people to love us. And today, I want for you and for me to serve eviction notice, not just uh, to the hurts and the wounds and the unforgiveness and all. But I want you to take back the key that has remained. Oftentimes, people will go and come in and out of our life, and, and we hold on to unforgiveness. In other words, we empower them by continuing to let them have the key. And I want you today to serve eviction notice to unforgiveness. Today, it must go, and I want you to take back the key. I'm going to talk to you today about a faith that forgives. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples about neglect, abuse, offenses, a, a violence, and betrayal that would hurt us, crush us. And he says in life, these offenses are inevitable. And then he tells his disciples what to do when these things happen. He tells them, forgive, forgive. This word forgive, and he not only tells them to forgive, but he says forgive seven times in a day. This word forgive, it means uh, to release, to give up, and to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. Let it go. Jesus is saying, if someone sins against you, let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to unforgiveness. Let it go. There's a saying, uh, it's been said that harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> It causes much greater harm to us than the person we refuse to forgive. 
And so Jesus, what he was saying was, when someone sins against you, he's saying, I want you to be like me. I want you to extend forgiveness unilaterally. He says, I want you to extend it without limitation. I want you to extend it without expiration and without a statute of limitations. I want you to forgive freely. And so today, as we talk about a faith that forgives, I want to point out a, uh, a few things that's going to help you to not only know what forgiveness is, but why you should forgive, and further, how you can go about forgiving people in your life. I believe that God is going to perform a miracle in your heart today. He's going to allow you to let go of that offense. He's going to give you the strength and the faith to be able to release the debt that that person owes to you or you think that they owe to you. You're going to get an understanding today of what biblical forgiveness is so that you can move forward freely into your future without holding on to the unforgiveness of your past. Today is the day to experience a miracle of forgiveness. And so sometimes, you know what? Forgiveness can be the greatest miracle that you actually experience. You know, a miracle can be greater than the raising of the dead, the healing of a sickness. It can be greater than walking on the water. Here's what I love about this passage right here is that, you know, they didn't ask Jesus how to walk on water. They didn't ask him how to raise the dead. They didn't ask him how to heal the sick. They said, Lord, help us increase our faith to be able to forgive. This is something that we cannot do in our own strength, and you're going to need the supernatural help from heaven in order to be able to forgive the people who have wounded you, who have hurt you, who have caused pain and trouble and trauma in your life, and you can do it today because God gives grace supernaturally for you to forgive. It's possible. It's available for you today. And so the first thing that I want you to discover here as you're following along in your notes, and this would be a good time to write this down, a faith that forgives, first of all, accepts the biblical definition of forgiveness. It accepts a biblical definition of forgiveness. He's saying offenses will come, but what are you to do when they do come? The solution is what you should do is forgive. Here's what happens. We can't offer forgiveness if we have an incorrect understanding of what forgiveness is. So I want to talk to you first about what forgiveness is not if you're truly going to be able to forgive. Forgiveness is not, listen to me, it's not forgetting or pretending that the offense did not happen. It's not, for, it's not forgetting it. There's that old cliche that says, forgive and forget. There's no truth in that because you are not going to be able to forget the offense that happens to you. But by God's grace and the through the power of forgiveness, through the power of faith and being able to forgive, you don't have to relive that experience and hold on to the pain of that experience. God can help you to be able to remember what happened but not relive what happened in the painful reality of the everyday experience that in which you live. So forgetting or pretending that it didn't happen is not forgiveness. Further, ex um, excusing ungodly and unhealthy behavior is what forgiveness is not. This is not forgiveness. You see, it was wrong. 
A wrong was committed to you. It was committed on you. They shouldn't have left you. They shouldn't have walked out. They shouldn't have said that about you. They shouldn't have acted that way toward you. Yes, it's true. And just because you forgive them does not mean you excuse unhealthy and ungodly behavior. You have a right to be upset. You have a right to be upset. Further, forgiveness is not the issuing of a license for someone to repeat that behavior. Just because you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that you now don't reposition yourself and readjust how you are in relationship with that person. It's called boundaries. It's called healthy boundaries. You're not someone's doormat. You're not to be someone that is being walked over top of. You're not someone who people can just take advantage of you and abuse you and hurt you. It's not the issue. Forgiveness is not the issuing of a license for someone to repeat this behavior. It's called setting up healthy boundaries. And finally, forgiveness is not the restoring of a relationship to its previous state. Hopefully, you'll find a place in forgiveness. You'll find a place of reconciliation in all relationships. But that does not mean that the trust is automatically restored. Trust is earned. And so what you must understand about forgiveness is that does not mean that you have access in my life so that you can continue to abuse me. Forgiveness means setting up those healthy boundaries. Now, forgiveness is not those things, but forgiveness is. I want to talk to you about what forgiveness is. There's two biblical words for forgiveness. The first word is aphemiae, and it means to send away, to give up, to keep no longer, to let it go. We've talked about that. That's the word right there in, um, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, verse 3 that we read. It's to let something go. But there's another Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses. It's the word kerizomai. It means to graciously cancel the debt of offense. This is powerful. This is, this is incredible. It says, it says that it's an act of grace to let go of resentment, bitterness, indignation, and the desire for revenge and to cancel the debt unilaterally. This is the type of forgiveness that God offers to us through Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not cut away. But God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins. Charizomai, it means to cancel the debt. It means to cancel it preemptively. It means you, you couldn't earn it. You couldn't deserve it. It's something that was given to you that you did not deserve. You see, Jesus paid a debt that you could not pay so that you could receive forgiveness. It's a forgiveness that is by grace. And this is what God, this is the type of forgiveness that God wants us to live in. This is the type of forgiveness that God shows to us that he wants us to live in is forgiveness, to unilaterally forgive. It's when even when an offender does not ask you for forgiveness, but you forgive forgiveness anyway. Remember, Jesus was on the cross. He said in Luke chapter 23, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It's preemptive. It's unilateral. It's undeserved. It's by grace that God has forgiven each and every one of us. 
And now in turn, he says, forgive each other in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, as God and Christ has forgiven you. This is the type of forgiveness that we are to give to one another. And there's times in life when you have to forgive sorry people who have done sorry things that are not sorry. They're not asking you for your forgiveness. They're not, they don't care whether you forgive them or not. They don't, they don't know the offense that was caused. And you have to let it go. You have to forgive preemptively. You have to per- forgive unilaterally. You have to give by, forgive by grace, not in your own strength and your own ability, but by the grace that God gives you to unilaterally forgive those that have offended you just like Jesus has done. And you cannot hold your heart hostage waiting for someone to apologize to you. Some people are too ignorant to apologize. Some people are too arrogant to apologize. And some people are too embarrassed to apologize. If you wait for them to come to their senses, you will never be free. And so this is why we talk about what forgiveness is. We have to understand what a biblical and accept what a biblical definition of forgiveness is if we're truly going to forgive and have a faith that forgives. Secondly, not only is it forgiveness accepting the biblical definition of forgiveness, but it's also agreeing to the obligation of forgiveness. Forgiveness, for us to show forgiveness to others, is not an option, but it's an obligation. An obligation is this, when you do something for someone in light of something that someone has done for you, you're obligated because God has been gracious and merciful toward you. Who are you to withhold forgiveness to someone else? And I know this is tough. This is not the what. The what of forgiveness is understanding what forgiveness is and understanding the definition. But this is the duty, the obligation of forgiveness is to agree that God has called me to forgive. Not just that God has called me to receive forgiveness. I'm a, I am a beneficiary of the forgiveness and the grace and the canceling of my debt before God, my sin before God. But now I have an obligation before God also to be able to forgive. It's a duty. And here's what I've noticed about a duty. A duty is making a determination of your will. A duty is a decision It's not something that we do based upon our feelings, wanting to do it. No, forgiveness is hard. You see, because you didn't deserve what they did to you. You didn't, there was nothing that you did to to cause them to treat you the way that they did. And you're holding on to it. and, 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 And you know that in order to forgive them, it's not a feeling that you're going to have. We don't offer forgiveness when we feel, because we feel that forgiveness is unfair. We feel that forgiveness is unfair, so we hold on to unforgiveness. And we don't don't feel like it's fair to let those off the hook that have hurt us. It's hard to forgive people who ask for forgiveness, and it's even more hard to forgive people who will never ask for forgiveness. And our humanity tells us that people who don't want forgiveness don't deserve my forgiveness. But the way of Jesus is to forgive even when they don't want it, when they don't need it. They could care less if I give it. 
but I've decided to forgive because God says I have a duty to forgive. God says to forgive. And in order to teach this truth, Jesus taught a parable. He taught a parable in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, and you can go back and read it later. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant. I'll just give you the, a synopsis of it. Peter comes to Jesus and he says, uh, Lord, how many times should we forgive someone? And, and Jesus says, uh, he, he said, should we give them, forgive them seven times? And Jesus even increased it this time, the number this time when Peter asked him, he said, not just seven times, but 77 times you should forgive someone if they come and ask for forgiveness. Jesus is saying, your forgiveness should be unlimited. And he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like, because he knew it would be incredibly difficult for his followers to receive this teaching. He said, this is the way that the kingdom of God works. And he paints a picture of a king, of a servant, and of a fellow servant. And he says, a king wanted to go about settling his debts. And he went to this one servant that owed him 10,000 bags of gold. 10,000 bags of gold was like millions of dollars that this man owed, this king. And the king went to him and he said, you have to pay back this debt that you owe. And the man pleaded, fell on his knees before this king and said, have mercy on me, have patience with me, I'll pay it back. And then the king fully removed the debt that he owed to him. He just wrote it off and he says, I'm forgiving you of your debt. Then this man went to, to another servant of his that owed him a hundred pieces of silver. And he says to him, he says, you owe me this, these pieces of silver. You ought to, your, 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 your debt is to pay now. And if you don't pay now, I'm going to throw you in jail. And he ended up throwing him in jail. And the other servants were appalled by this. And Jesus started, was telling the story and he said, he said, that king is going to hold this person accountable. When he sees him, he's going to put him in jail. Why? Because he received forgiveness, but he was not willing to give forgiveness. The same is true for us, that our debt was canceled. And oftentimes when we hold on to unforgiveness, we're no better than that servant who has been forgiven much, but we forgive little. We forget, we suffer amnesia as to what the, how much forgiveness we've received. As a follower of Jesus, we have to remember the countless times that for God has forgiven us and in response reciprocate, reciprocate that to others. And in comparison for the sins that God has forgiven us, we have no justified reason not to offer forgiveness to others. I want to ask you a question today. Has the king given you a gift that you are withholding from someone else. Settle that account. Relieve that debt. Let that person go. Because if you are a forgiven person, you are obligated to be a forgiving person. Forgiven people forgive people. It's our obligation to forgive. And I'm going to close with this because I wanted to build time in our service today, not just for you to understand what forgiveness is, not for you just to understand what our obligation is and why we go about forgiving others because we want to please God and we, because we, we, we want to be free. We don't want to hold on to offense. We don't want to poison our own life. We want to remove the dead and we want to be able to let it go so we can move into the future that God has for us. 
But finally, I want to tell you this, that a faith that forgives not only agrees, not only accepts what a definition, what the biblical definition for forgiveness is, they agree to the obligation of forgiveness, and finally, they adopt a new approach to forgiveness. This is what I love. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Their response to Jesus' radical uh, teaching of radical forgiveness was, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it in my own strength. There's no way I'm going to be able to forgive someone who has wounded me so deeply and the cut is so intense and what they did was so wrong and I'm holding on to it and there's no way that I can release it in my own ability. God, I can't do it. Increase my faith. And there are times where the offense is so great, it's so constant, it's so nonstop, it's so perpetual that in life you get wounded and hurt and you just get done that you can't forgive in your own strength. And the only way that you can forgive is to find the faith to forgive. Forgiveness is not natural or easy, but God provides the capacity by faith to be able to forgive. Sometimes the greatest miracle is not healing, it's not direction, it's not financial provision, but it's the ability to forgive. The problem is we like to collect debts, but we don't like to relieve debts. We don't like to release them. We don't like to forgive. And so today, I want to give you an action step. I want to give you something that you can do today where you can release the debt, where you can let go of what that person has done to you and that by faith you can find freedom and wholeness and forgiveness today by releasing that debt. In the seat next to you, there's a card, there's a piece of paper, and there's, we also have pens that are in that collection of cards. Here's what I want you to do. Take out that pen, and I want you to write on that piece of paper. There's multiple pieces of paper in that collection of cards, so maybe pass that down to the person near you if they don't have one. And I want you to write on the top of that paper. I want you to write on the top, I owe you. I'm going to give you time to do this. This is going to be powerful. Trust me. Trust me today as your pastor. Some of you are holding on to things, waiting for someone to come and ask forgiveness, waiting for someone to come and to admit that they did you wrong. And you've been holding on to unforgiveness for years and years and years and years, and it's affecting your life, it's affecting your relationship, it affects your career, it affects your walk with God, it hinders you. You can't sleep and rest well at night. You're holding on to unforgiveness. Today, I'm going to ask you to release that person of the debt. You wrote IOU on the top, and IOU is an informal written agreement that acknowledges the existence of a debt. Yes, that person wronged you. Yes, they hurt you. Yes, what they did to you was not right. It was not fair. They abandoned you. They walked out on you. And this is my own struggle. I'm not preaching to you something that I have not had to deal with myself. 
And oftentimes it's been those people who should have been protecting us, those people who should have had our back, those people who should have been building us up. But there are those people in our life that have hurt us the most. They've drug us down. They've broke us down. But God today wants to help you to be built back up. It wasn't right what they did, but today you can find freedom and you can find forgiveness. We spend our time collecting IOUs. We keep records of every time someone offends us. Doesn't someone owe you something? They owe you an apology. They owe you a second chance. They owe you a fresh start. They owe you an explanation. They owe you a thank you. They owe you a childhood. They owe you a marriage. I want you to grab that pen and on that piece of paper right there, I want you to stop and think about it. I want you to make a list of the people who owe you. If it's the person sitting next to you, I want you to look straight ahead as you're writing that piece of paper. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Write Write that name down. Whenever someone hurts us or offends us or abuses us, we always write their name down. And from that point on, whenever they offend us again, we put a check by their name. Every time we think of them, we think, I owe you, you owe me. How many IOUs do you have today? Now on the top of that paper that you've written IOU and you've started writing and listing the people that you think have disappointed you, offended you, hurt you, abused you, and mistreated you, these are the people today that you have not forgiven. These are the ones that Jesus is saying, If they've offended you and they come to you and they ask for forgiveness, you forgive them. In light of how I've forgiven you, forgive one another. That does not mean, again, that you're their doormat. That does not mean you excuse it. That does not mean that you forget about it. That does not mean that the offense did not happen. What that means today is that you're making decision to settle that account, forgive that debt, and walk into freedom. Today, God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to hold on to unforgiveness and the hurt and the pain of the past. Write those names down. Write those names down. As you're writing that list down, I also want to remind you, put my list, put my name on your list, okay? Because there's often times that perhaps I might say something or do something or disappoint you. There's times that you could, you, I, you could take offense. There's, you could put your parents' name down there. You could put your spouse's name down there. You could put your children's name on there. You could put, put them all down because at some point you're gonna be hurt and you're offended. Now, after you've written all these down, here's the next step. This is powerful. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 on that paper. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And I'm going to declare this over every area of bitterness, resentment, hurt, pain, woundedness, and unforgiveness over your life today. I'm going to declare this over you from the Word of God. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, and I want you to stand up on your feet all over this room today. I want you to take that 
piece of paper today that represents your hurt, your pain, your woundedness, your unforgiveness. The people that you've been holding unforgiveness toward, I want you to hold that piece of paper in your hand. And the worship team is going to come and lead us in a song. And right now is an opportunity for you to take that piece of paper, bring that debt, bring that hurt, bring that wound, bring that pain up to this altar today. And I believe that as you make your way to this altar, as you have that piece of paper in your hand, I want to invite every single person in here today to take that piece of paper in your hand. And as you bring, come on, just come, come make your way to the front now. You feel, you know that God has called you to release some things, to re- release some debts, to forgive some people who have hurt you. Make your way to the front right now. And I want you to hold that piece of paper on this altar. You're bringing that debt to the Lord. You haven't been able to release it for years and years and years, and you've been holding on to unforgiveness. I want you to hold that piece of paper. And maybe as you're coming, you're crying today because you know that, that, that they, they have hurt you so badly, that the pain was so intense, that the wound was so deep. Today, as you're coming forward today, God is going to give you supernatural strength and help to be able to release this debt today, to be able to let it go, to be able to cancel this debt and this burden as you hold that piece of paper in your hand. I want you to worship the Lord with this song. As we finish with this song, I'm going to come back up here. We're going to hold, hold that paper in your hand. And as I come back up here, don't do it now, but as we're done with this song, I have a prayer that I'm going to pray over you. You're going to receive it today, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be freeing. It's going to be so incredibly powerful in your life that God is going to give you a supernatural ability to forgive. We're going to worship the Lord with this song. Hold that piece of paper in your hand. Maybe ball it up. Begin to release it to the Lord. Don't let it go yet. We're going to let it go after I pray. But begin to just release it even in your own heart right now. We're going to worship the Lord in this song. Ask God to reveal to you how incredibly forgiven that you are. You've been forgiven of much. Now forgive, prepare your hearts to forgive others of much.
chapter 17 verse 5 Lord increase our faith Jesus as a person who has been forgiven I am called to be a forgiving person Lord I can't forgive in my own ability 
And so right now, God, if there's anyone even in this room right now that has not had their debt forgiven, the sins that they are holding on to and the life that they live, Lord, is not pleasing to you. They've never been forgiven of their sins. God, I ask, Lord, that you would gently and kindly and lovingly, Lord, right now as they open up their hearts to you and ask for your forgiveness to come in to give them eternal life so that they might be born again, God, I ask, Lord, that as we repent of our sins, forgive us of all of our sins, come into our hearts, make us brand new, be the Lord and leader of our life. And now, also, as we're holding that piece of paper, that person, that offense, that wound, that pain, that thing that we've been holding on to, Lord, for many years, Lord, increase our faith to release them, to set them free. And as a result, God, we will be free and we will be free indeed. And here's what I want to do right now. As I pray, after I pray, I want you to release that paper, release that person. And I'm going to pray this personally because I wrote this for myself. But I want you to personalize it. I want you to receive it as you are praying to God yourself. Father, I am well aware that you know the hurt, the pain, and the disappointment that I have lived with as a result of what was done to me. As a matter of fact, you not only know it, but you felt it and you feel it. I'm having a hard time, Lord, of letting it go, and I need your help. I realize that I need to forgive them more than they need my forgiveness. Help me to free my soul from the chains of unforgiveness. You forgave people who didn't deserve it and didn't ask for it, and I'm asking you to help me to do the same. I repent for holding on to as long as I have. You have forgiven me, and I have no right to withhold unforgiveness to others. But by your grace and through your power, I'm releasing it all to you, and I'm extending my forgiveness and grace I am ready to be happy. I'm ready to be whole. I'm ready to be healed. I pray that I am no longer paralyzed by the pain of the past. I let it go so that it can let me go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Forgive and let that go. And leave that piece of paper on that altar today. Leave that piece of paper on this altar today as a sacrifice to the Lord. Leave that piece of paper on the altar today. We'll, we'll clean it up later. So we're going to sing the chorus one more time. And you can go to your seat. You can be dismissed. But if that person is even in this room today, the scripture says, confess your faults to one another. Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Maybe now is a time for you to experience healing with the person that you came with. Ask them to forgive you if you've offended them, if you've hurt them anyway. If there's someone in here, maybe a spouse, maybe a child, a son or daughter, grandparent, a friend, somebody that you've been holding unforgiveness. Maybe they're across the room somewhere they might, might not even be near you. I'm gonna ask you to do a hard thing as you've laid down your burden, your pain, the chains of unforgiveness, I'm asking you Lord, to, to right now by the power of the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to extend forgiveness, to offer forgiveness, and to offer healing and reconciliation with that person today. As we depart today, 
I want to pray God's blessing over you as you leave. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.